Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to October's very own another episode about Drake. We here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Dan Ozzy with me is Eric Sunderman. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, you're here every episode, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, we've talked a lot about Drake on this podcast so far. Um, I would actually say he's the only thing that we've talked about. Yeah, this is that's our main subject um, here. But every time we talk about him feel like us and our guests we often refer to him as a rapper mm-hmm. but we don't often call him a pop star a lot of people do not call him a pop star it's correct and i feel like sometimes rappers it, you know just people in hip-hop even the ones that get very very far they're always like relegated to hip-hop and they're not, not considered pop artists yeah true. why, why yeah. is that i don't know well that's I, good, I good news we're gonna, we're gonna try and figure that out <laughs> we are um, and for that topic, we have a guest today. Her name is Brittany Spanos, and she is a staff writer at Rolling Stone, the magazine. <laughs> Maybe you heard of it. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's written a lot about uh, pop. She's written about Drake a bunch. Um, back in March, she wrote an article called Drake's More Life Playlist is Redefining Borders on Blackness and Pop that is Worth Your Time to Read. Uh I mean, if you have if you have time, if, you, like, if, if you're, you're dying, don't you, don't. Well, let's yeah. be real. If you're listening to this podcast, you, <laughs> yeah. you probably have time. Yeah, and if, you should read that. Piece. If you only have a few weeks to live, turn the podcast <laughs> yeah. off immediately. Yeah. Go do something else. But anyways, Brittany, thank you for yeah, being thanks here. Thanks for thank coming. Thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, Drake. Well, let me ask you, so, as somebody who doesn't follow pop myself, um, Dan's punk. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can Can you come here? Yeah. Why are you embarrassing me? Keep going. Me? Keep going. Why are you embarrassing me? <laughs> what is the benefit of being sort of labeled as a pop artist rather than, you know, uh, hip hop or something like that? Like, what's the benefit there? I mean, pop is just about a universality. Pop is about reaching as many corners of music listener, of people in general, whether they like it or not. Just pop is popular. So it means that you're everywhere. Right. Also, pop... Yeah, it's true. Popular. Yeah. See, I right. always thought it was the U2 album Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a lot already. Pop, the Midwestern term for soda. Yeah. yeah. Correct. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really interesting subject to talk about and think about. Um, and it's one that I've thought a lot about uh, when uh, thinking about Drake's career trajectory over the years. Um, and I, I wrote a piece um, about a year ago when the uh, Drake and Future Tour came through New York. Um, and it talked about how Drake has 
we cra- we crowned him king millennial. I've referenced this piece on this podcast before, but um, the only like that concert was fucking crazy. Like mm-hmm. it was just. I'm sure you were at you went to that tour. I didn't go to that one actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I went to Drake's solo tour last year. Okay, all right, and then, yeah. But so, but just Drake in concert is yeah. like it's wild, and it's just a whole production, and there's so much going on. And I walked out of that that show which felt so crazy and I was like man the only other time that I've experienced an arena setting like this was when I saw Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium like it had the same feeling and she he had the same presence you know and it was like and, and, I, and then I was like just thinking more I was like wow like Drake is Taylor Swift Taylor Swift is Drake they're the same person you know it's like but, the Spider-Man yeah movie. right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I you know I'm curious what you think about no yeah I mean I I remember when I the first time I saw Drake was when he toured um with Lil Wayne it was a Lil Wayne versus Drake tour oh yeah and I remember it was the same month that I saw Cher in One Direction and they all did the same exact thing where they flew over the audience Right. And I thought it was the funniest thing because I had never seen Drake before. And I was just like, I love that Drake and Cher and Harry Wait, Styles. Drake did like by the wires, like he's flew on, out over. He's like on a pole. Oh, it's so and fucking it's, sick. Like he did it last year and he's like on a pole and he's like looking at people and he's like, I see you in the red shirt. I see you. He's like winking at people, yeah. which is also like the XX was really inspired by that. And they named a song after or their album after Drake saying, I see you I to see. all these <laughs> audience members. Which I believe he actually got that from Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay-Z used to do that back in the day Mm -hmm. Um, and Jay-Z is arguably a pioneer in this idea of what Drake has been doing where Jay-Z kind of moved into the pop realm and Drake has also moved into the pop realm but it's interesting like when you're sitting there and experiencing it as a fan because I'm I'm like I'm sitting there like this is this is so corny but then like when he comes to my section and he's pointing at people I'm sitting there thinking like oh my god please see me please see me I know everyone went wild. People were just like jumping up and down. They were like trying to show off their shirts. Like yeah. people were like, "Please look at my shirt. Please notice me." And I see you there in the white shirt. And, and I was a very like... godlike presence. Oh, it is. <laughs> well, I'm curious about like because Eric mentioned that uh, he saw a lot of similarities between Drake and Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift in the early stages of her career was very much known as like a country artist. And it seemed like once she made that decision to come over to pop. Everybody was just like, oh, yeah, sure. You want to be a pop artist? No problem. We'll call you a pop artist and you you can be in the pop categories. But like Drake, um, what's it going to take for him to be like to move into that pop realm? And why is why isn't people have accepted that yet? I mean, I think in a lot of ways he has. I mean, we think about the way that a song like Hotline Bling or One Dance has completely transcended what his role as a rapper is or what a typical role of a rapper is or like what it means for rap to exist in one space. And I think that's exactly what Taylor Swift did with country is like, she transcended what it meant to be a country artist. Like she wasn't played on just country stations. Like you weren't, like everyone heard our song and everyone heard Teardrops on My Guitar, whether they liked it or not. And because it was being played on pop stations. And that's the same thing with Drake is that they both like kind of take these little elements of very niche or genres we deem niche or deemed like for specific audiences and they make you listen to it. Like, no matter what, you've heard a Drake song probably in the last, like, 24 hours, whether you like it or not. Yeah, like you're hearing it at the grocery store. Yeah, you're hearing it at every club. You're hearing it at every restaurant. You're hearing every Drake song because he's made them all very accessible to all different settings. Like, mm-hmm. I heard Passion Fruit out of a car On like, the way this over. morning. <laughs> like, out of my window. And I well, was like, cool, I'm also playing Passion Fruit in my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, so something I'm I'm interested to get your thoughts on is why do you think 
Drake has been able to, I mean, he makes very listener-friendly music, which I think is a very key success, obviously, in becoming, you know, having a song go number one or go number two or whatever. But but how do you, what do you think it ha- it's been about Drake, both as an artist, but as like a pop culture character and, and presence that's allowed him to evolve or maybe make that jump that even... Even artists like Kanye, I think, maybe have struggled with to to move out of that box that is hip hop or rap or whatever. What is it specifically maybe about Drake? I think it really comes down to the young money just like Hive. I think when you look at Nicki Minaj and you look at Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne is sort of at the peak and he already is, people consider him authentic and one of the greatest rappers of all time. He already has that. But... He still made a song like Lollipop, which everyone heard. Everyone was rapping in junior high. Like, everyone knew Lollipop, and everyone loved it. And, like, that was a pop song. Yeah. Lollipop is not, like, a pure rap song. It's a pop song. And he's not afraid of transcending that. You look at Nicki Minaj, who, you know, she released her mixtape. She was authentically deemed a rapper. And then she moved on, and she made super bass. And she made songs that were accessible beyond just rap radio. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the company with it that Drake is part of and that he his crew and people that he works with and he associates himself with who are all trying to find ways to transcend just rap and try and become pop stars. And I think it's just like so much bigger than just Drake trying to be a pop star. It's like his entire team and everyone he's around all want to just break through and become like number one. They care very deeply about numbers. They care very deeply about selling a million albums, about, you know, being the best, being at the top. And so... I think that's why Drake, I mean, he's part of that company and they, pro- they all want to achieve this similar goal. Yeah. I don't follow the um, billboard charts that much, but it seems like there was a conversation and maybe you know more about this than I do uh, around Drake and how he's very good at like gaming that system. Like instead of releasing an album, he released like a playlist. And so therefore, like all of the songs technically were hits. Is that right? Is that how it kind, kind of I mean, he just there's just a, it's like a lot of songs. And, and, and I think that he he understands how streaming works now and he understands his popularity. And so he's able to he knows that he's got music that's going to hit the charts like every, I mean I remember the first time this happened maybe it, it, like every song on if you're reading this won't got in the top yeah. 100 or, or top but and or some I'm, I'm botching this but like but it's it's his influence is crazy and he understands like in the way that we've talked about on this podcast previously like the way the internet works now or the way culture works now he positions his art to be consumed in a way where he is able to go number one or have this influence yeah and i think there was something a month ago where it was the first time in like five years that he was not in the hot 100 yeah and he had a song in the hot 100 at any level like that must have bummed him out so much oh I he must have been oh s- yeah <laughs> like, i want to get on instagram <laughs> need those likes to feel better he's been pretty quiet this year mm-hmm. it's just like touring and other than more life i think he's been you know and that's it's usually been because he releases so much per year yeah and releases so much music and so many singles so many albums collaborative songs features everything like this has been one of his quietest years in in five years yeah i think it's it's interesting to think about that too because because he had like he i mean the end of the last song on more life was is do not disturb which he says explicitly i'll see you in 2018 and he sit like kind of makes it seem like he's going in hiding and i think that you know it's funny we're doing this podcast but i think that that culture 
right now is feeling a little bit of a Drake exhaustion, like or or yeah, Drake a, fatigue, a, a little bit, a little like like not just because I've been talking about Drake every day of October, <laughs> but because um, of his his heavy presence, his so his strength, it was just so so involved for the last like five years, um, and then I think he understands that, and so he's probably like. I got it. Well, the pace now is so crazy because, like, back, you know, pre internet, like, you could take three years to put out an album and nobody would, like, think much of it at all. And now it's like, Drake hasn't had a song this month. (laughs) Like, is he alive? Like, like, whoa, Drake's been quiet. Like, like, literally six months ago, he put out a song. Not even six months ago, he put out a playlist with, like, over 20 songs on it. (laughs) That was, like, an hour and a half long. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even, like, last year, I feel like was the peak Drake year like 2016 mm-hmm. like Drake was everywhere it was you know I feel like there was always something new from him every second like Hotline Bling was still super big at the beginning of the year like he kept just like releasing banger after banger like it was just too much yeah. um, one of the things that we talked about in a previous episode no idea which one at this point because it's just like a big blur <laughs> in my rear view of just Drake um, but one of the things that we talked about is that Drake is such an interesting person in the pop realm because he, you know, like he's very safe. And right now we're in a place where a lot of artists are weighing in on various issues. But Drake or or just getting caught up in some scandals and Drake has like kind of dodged things left and right. He doesn't seem to get called out for uh, like much. There never seems to be like a Drake scandal. Scandal, like how has he gone this long without the internet coming for him <laughs> and taking him down? I don't know. I feel like it's funny because his lyrics are just so ridiculous. Like everything he does in his songs are just like it's not like a normal person thing to do. <laughs> like that's like it's like how do people continue to date you, Drake? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. Awful. We're operating on Drake level, not yeah. regular person <laughs> level. It's just like yeah. And for think, Drake, that's fine. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I think it's just like it's hard to make scandals when he—that's all he like raps about—is just like how awful it is to date him and how just sad he is all the time and just like hanging out in his gigantic pool. Yeah, with waterfalls <laughs> and things. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So what do you think? I mean, so, you know, we talked a lot about the trajectory of Drake over the last five years. What do you think is going to be next for Drake um, as an artist and, and in the pop sphere? Like, do you think... 
he's going to put out another album of some time, or do you think he's going to move into acting? Or like, I mean, what do you think is moving forward? <laughs> the Degrassi twenty-year anniversary. Yeah. He revived it all. <laughs> I think he has a lot of severe paranoia about his image. I feel like in a lot of his songs, and I think in the same way, like very similar to Taylor Swift, I think he strives for authenticity in one part of his life and he also strives for this universality of his music and being omnipresent in the music world and being one of the biggest pop stars he can possibly be and so it's really interesting because you can kind of see it on more life like there's that balance of he's trying to make these like super great summary chop pop songs and he's also trying to like keep up with a bunch of grime rappers and sometimes being out rapped by them and i think he's trying to balance it and so I feel like we're going to continue seeing that until he feels he's able to like successfully merge being a great rapper with a great pop star yeah. and I think he's still trying to find that I think that's why he called more life a playlist because it's it's very disjointed in a lot of ways like it's not a very you know like complete yeah. work it feels like a playlist I mean yeah. I'd like I'm, I mean I think it's like I've made fun of him for calling it a playlist but I, yeah. it was it's actually like I think an accurate description of the project. Yeah, and it's it's very it's much more disjointed than a lot of his other projects because I think he was trying to piece together all these parts of him, yeah. and I feel like he's going to try to merge that in the best way. Like he had so much success with the song like Hotline Bling with Passion Fruit with One Dance. Like One Dance was his first number one, yeah. and which was crazy because he's always kind of like hit to number two, and he's always like made the top five. And he's always kind of held over that area, but it's just like he's never reached number one until one dance. So I feel like he's going to continue trying to keep that up and keep up the number one and try to also be one of the greatest rappers. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think that More Life was a bit of a reaction to views as well, because Mm -hmm. kind of what you're saying, where like every project, every Drake project seems to have like this like specific angle or it has over the years, you know, and he's evolved like like take care was kind of something specific and nothing was the same. And then then if you're reading this and then and, and, uh, views, though, I felt like the first time in Drake's career where he did miss. Like, I think views is good. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a views apologist, but but I think that the reaction to it was kind of the first time. He really f- saw like, oh, this is divisive. This is maybe like people aren't like the listeners aren't really identifying with this in the way that they have in the past. And so he kind of like created more life out of this like, uh, like kind of like, well, it's like kind of have a party or like kind of like pull these all these different other kind of acts or tributes or whatever that he he did. Yeah. And um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes musically from that because. You know, I, I don't know what he does next. You know? I personally would like to see him do more acting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would like to see him do more Justin Timberlake style stuff. Yeah. I thought he was good on SNL. Yeah, he's hilarious. I thought he was yes. really likable and funny. Yeah. Um, his I would, ads, I mean, we had the Instagram episode, but he puts up his ads for Virginia Black on those <laughs> on Instagram, and they are... Oh, man. They are just... He's just, he's just fucking funny. Um, he has a great Vine account. He had Wait, wait really? really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know about. Well, I remember the one where he was so good. Oh. It was really good. There, he did like a lot of weird Jamaican accents on it. There was one where he said like "Trust me, Daddy," and that's an entire vine. <laughs> Six seconds man, of him saying "Trust sh- me, Daddy." I'm so mad that they closed that. <laughs> yeah. That app. shout out to Vine. Yeah, R.I.P. Man, you know it's not even been gone a year. 
They close it in like February of this year. I think about it every day. <laughs> Me I about, too. I think about Drake's Vine account every day. <laughs> I remember that one of him bench pressing on the Smith machine. <laughs> um, wait, but yeah, no, but I want to see him do more Timberlake style. Like I would, I, how many times has Timberlake done SNL? Like 14,000 times? I don't know about 108 but, times. But yeah, I think it's I would around like to see that Drake do it like every other year or something. Or I don't know, yeah. like. Or maybe he's primed for like, has he done like a big movie? He appeared in Anchorman two. Yeah, ah, I but he that. he hasn't had like a he hasn't had Timberlake like did uh, that Alf, time, Alpha Dog. Yeah, yeah but he, I'm thinking of that like Time movie. Remember when he, he had like a lot. it's like society is run on instead of the currency is like time, so you have like an hour left to yeah. live. Oh, and then and he the social was in network. Yeah, social network, yeah. social network. Yeah. I would billion dollars. I, would, <laughs> I, would, I don't know if Drake's ready for like a lead role, but yeah. I could see him in a strong supporting role like like uh, Social Network. And I think something about Drake that people undervalue is that he is very attuned to everything. Like he's he has no self awareness, but he's very in touch with everything that's happening and with how people's careers go and what choices people make, which is like he's always really on top of what trends are happening in music and like what's going to be really big, who's going to be really big. And so I feel like he's looking at and he has looked at people who have done music and acting, who are musicians first and who like, you know, I mean obviously he's like did Degrassi first, but like teen soap and he doesn't want to repeat that but like I feel like he's very aware of like he has to make the right decisions or he's even more of a joke or a meme and he like embraces the meme part of him but I think he doesn't want to like give fodder that he's not in control of. Yeah he definitely wants to control the jokes. Yeah he doesn't want to be in like the love guru like Justin Timberlake was you know and that's going to stick with him for a long time like Drake could not get away with doing the love guru that would ruin his career (laughs) no one would want to see anything from Drake if he starred in a, like a movie that bad. It, that, one, arguably, one of, don't if it's so bad. <laughs> okay, right. I thought you were gonna go. No, no, I'm not gonna defend it. It's <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like heartbreakingly. How many? Awful. Pe- yeah, like how many people did ha- that have to go through to to like get? Ma- like yeah. there it just was. Made me sad. It was a movie. Like how? Like how I did... paid for it. I paid oh. actual money. I, like I love Justin Timberlake, so I was yeah. like, I gotta go support him. And I was like, oh no, yeah. this is not worth it. That's, uh, that took the heat off of Beyonce being in the third Austin Powers. Oh yeah. I think after I think after Love Guru, that slate yeah. was wiped clean. Like yeah. Beyonce was fine. Beyonce that. did some some bad movies yeah. too. So I feel like he's very aware of that, and he's like looked. So at he doesn't want to make a misstep at this yeah. point. Yeah, and he knows he can act, and he knows he's funny, and yeah. he like I think that if he does any more acting, it would have to be like a really perfect role. What would you what what like? movie would you see him being in like who like a Judd Apatow movie I think or? yeah it's like yeah. I, got, it, I feel like there, it, uh, some sort of um, like uh, ensemble comedy yeah you know I think he's, he should start like by being on Insecure or something like I feel yeah. like that's a good stepping stone like he should be in a show like that where everyone watches it he's like a big part of that show Issa Rae loves him like he's like kind of an omnipresent just like figure in the dialogue and in the characters so like I feel like something like that would be really like a good start to kind he, of like dip I his toes. I bet he gets a lot of requests to sort of like play himself in a serious yeah. role. Like the way, I don't know, I'm thinking for some reason I keep thinking of funny people almost yeah. in the way that they're like a version of themselves. You know, like I bet they're like, oh, come on, play this like rapper guy who's like really famous, but he's also has like a darker side to him. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do something. Yeah. That's just me guessing. Yeah. I'm not in the, I'm not in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. You're not a Hollywood executive. I'm not an elite. Yeah. Yeah. 
Dan does not run a movie studio, to be clear. Stop pitching me yeah, your movies. Stop pitching I don't want them. Um, well, so what, what, what else should we talk about? <laughs> well, I also want to just mention that, like, SNL, I think, is a really impressive thing to do for people like him and Timberlake because, like, to do the whole show, acting, and, yeah, I think it takes a really special kind of person to do that. And some some people, like, are terrible with the acting, um, and it's kind of like... But, like, there's a really special kind of, like, celeb who's able to be, like, a well-rounded enough person that's, that's like, I can pull off acting. If not, like, I'm not the most... Like, I don't know, Timberlake goes for it. Like, you got to give it to him whether you think he's funny or not. Like, he goes for it. Um, and like then he's just performing like sexy back like next <laughs> it's it's really impressive to carry an hour show yeah. by yourself yeah he I, has like good chemistry with um, with Jimmy Fallon too oh. I think that helps Justin Timberlake a lot is that like him and Jimmy Fallon work really well together yeah. like they have great because he shows up on the Tonight Show and those are like the only times I watch the Tonight Show is if Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon do like a sketch can I can I tell one quick story to close this podcast out <laughs> um, a friend of mine. Uh, up until this year, was a cast member on SNL. I'm gonna out, I'm gonna out her. Uh, it's Vanessa Bayer, and she was saying that like when he came on the show, he was like super friendly to everybody backstage, like all the cast, all the like you know hairdressers and crew and everything like that. And then like he kept telling Vanessa like, oh yeah, like we we should hang out sometime. And he was like texting her, and he's like, is Drake like? texting me is he like this nice of a guy or is he like flirting with me what is that about like is he just like a person who like collects celebrity i think he's that yeah you don't think he was trying to i mean who knows i don't want to i don't want to i don't know with that but i i imagine that drake is I hope I didn't always know Vanessa there. Uh, she says she spoke of it in a very kind way. There was no nothing nefarious happening. Yeah. Just like Drake was very, very nice. She has to be in a movie with him. Yeah, she yeah. To, she oh. should be the one responsible next, for next Drake's move. Should be yeah. Vanessa and Drake is and the guy. Drake yeah. Is the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, I think he would be phenomenal in that. It's funny though. I I think about the last time he hosted SNL. I think it was it was when he was on there, like right after Views released. Um, and he, it was funny because I thought he was great um, in the skits, but then he performed and he did like that, he did hype, I remember, and he also did one dance, but hype especially, it was like, he, because he had gone from playing this like really kind of goofy character and then he went into like super tough rapper mode and it was like, and I was like, man, this just isn't really working. And I feel like that was when I started to see the cracks of like, oh, maybe Drake might be losing the thread a little bit, but... Just trying to find that balance. Trying to find the balance. Um, and lastly, I'll, I'm just going to wrap up because we have many hours, many more podcasts yeah. to talk about Drake. <laughs> um, have you ever written about Drake? Have you ever met Drake to, to like in the in the capacity to write about him? And would you like to do that? I'm trying to put a plug in for you. I've met Drake. Uh-oh. Oh, you have? How did we not I... start with this? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was writing for the VMAs last year, I met him um, backstage because I was working the prompter room. And he came in to, like, check the prompter for his uh, d- declaration of love to Rihanna. And I just, like, sniffed him very aggressively. And that was pretty much all I did. But so wait, I don't wait, think I hold can. hold on. What? Pause. <laughs> we gotta, so episode two. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Um, no, I just, like. Because I could do a whole very... episode on what he smells like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. 
He's yeah. Did you, you smell did you good? Say like hello, he, or did you just wearing sniff so him? much cologne? That's oh. like why I had to sniff him aggressively because I was just like, you are covered in cologne. in a bad way or in, in a like good... a you would smell him across the room way, like dude trying to like heavily pick he up seems, girls. But like this goes back to my statement that I make every episode. <laughs> Drake is a thirteen-year-old boy, and he thinks cologne is a cool way to impress people. He was co- I smelled him before he walked into the oh, room. That's well, great. If you have any more questions about what Drake smells like, unfortunately. This is all the time we have to talk about that here. But you can tweet at Brittany, and maybe she will I'll <laughs> respond. Tell you. you are Br- at Brittany Spanos. At Oh Hey Brittany. Oh, at Oh Hey. I would fuck that up totally. Uh, <laughs> at Oh Hey Brittany. Ask what Drake smells like. Maybe she'll DM you back. I don't know. Uh, but this has been another episode of October's very own. What are we talking about next episode, Eric? Drake. Oh, okay, right, 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 Drake. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.